As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show, and this is one of my favorite days of the entire year, it's the day we have Bruce Feldman on to talk about the Freaks List. This is an annual project by Bruce. It's, I think labor of love is probably the, the best way to describe it, where he talks to all the strength coaches around the country and puts together the comprehensive list of the freakiest athletes in college football. Bruce, thank you so much for delivering this unto us this week because I had so much fun. 101. This is the biggest Freaks List ever. It is. Thank you, Andy. It is a labor of love. The, uh, the operative word being love and really not the labor part. But um, yeah, I did. I was like, probably a couple of weeks ago, I was like, you know, I should do 100 because I always end up with way more than 50. And I actually ended up with more than 100 this year. But I was like, all right, let me, wow. I can do 101. I can't, I shouldn't have this being like 116. It just seems like a weird number. So I went with that. And what has been different in the last two years, and I know I'm, I'm I don't want to like produce your show here, but like one of the things produce that has away. changed, one of the things in the last two years that I have appreciate more about this is I've been able to spotlight some non FBS players who have some really cool stories. And I think, and I, I would imagine you'd probably feel similar. Like some of these guys have great individual stories. And if we had written about them, it's not to say that we couldn't have delved into them maybe in a, in a, in a more compelling way than in the context of the freaks list, where maybe I can write three or four paragraphs about them. But in the context of that, maybe only a thousand or 2000 or 5,000 people would see those stories in the context mm -hmm. of this, you know, I may get 20 times more people will, will hear about them or notice these guys. And so that's one thing I really love is that now we have a bunch of really interesting other guys who are really not in the spotlight who you can kind of spotlight through this thing. Well, right. One of those guys is, is Josh Taylor from Wayne State, who you, you have a video of this guy doing a 360 tomahawk dunk. He's 5'11", 273, and has all these crazy lifting numbers. But you're right. More people are going to see Josh Taylor, be exposed to him, because he's in the same list as Evan Neal. 
And Evan Neal is a guy who, if you don't know who that is, well, that'll be the first offensive lineman off the board in the draft next year. He's he's Alabama's left tackle. And and weight room Twitter, who you know, you and I are very much part of that. Uh, we've seen Evan Neal the last couple of years doing the split squats or not the split squats, the split jumps on the on the bags, where uh, he he I think it's a 40-inch platform that he's jumping on and then doing basically a split on or, or, or landing in a lunge. And this guy weighs, I want to get it. What, what, what does he weigh now? 360? No, he, he was 360 last year when some of these numbers that I got from Matt Ray, who's really the sports science guy at Alabama, had told me, uh, you know, he hit 18.5 18.5 on the, the miles per hour in the GPS he was 350 when he did it. He's down to 345 now. Wow. The crazy thing is the numbers he puts up in terms of athleticism-wise and agility would be like if he was 100 pounds lighter, he would be a big tight end at 250. And he, I mean, and those are good numbers for a big tight end. He's doing it 100 pounds, you know, he's 100 pounds bigger than that. That's crazy to see that kind of athleticism, that kind of agility uh, I asked Nick Saban about him Sunday morning, the day before this thing was going up, just about, you've been around a lot of really uh, freaky athletes and and just unusually talented, big people. And he was like, even he is he uses the term very rare to describe Evan Neal, not just in terms of the, the size, the flexibility, the, the explosiveness, but also just, and this is something I heard from, from guys who've coached Evan in the last couple of years about... Uh, there is like no BS to him. Like he's working and I'm going to do everything I can to maximize all that God has given me. And I think that's, you know, that when I, the whole picture of him came clear, I was like, all right, here's going to be our number one guy. Usually I have defensive line guys feel like our, you know, one year I had Saquon, but usually it mm-hmm. feels like I've had a lot of D line guys. Like this is the offensive lineman. I'm like, okay, he's a good representative to be number one. Well, and, and usually the defensive linemen are the most explosive. They have to be that way because they're t- typically they're playing against guys that are 40, 50 pounds heavier, and, and they have to have that explosiveness to counteract the, the sheer size of the offensive linemen they're playing against. But Evan Neal has that explosiveness, and he's a big offensive. He's not, he's not even a, a normal-sized offensive lineman. He's a jumbo offensive lineman and has all this. And Matt Ray worked with him in high school, too. Matt Ray was at... IMG Academy before he went to Indiana, which is where he was before Alabama. And I met Matt Ray when I was doing a feature on Daniel Faalele, who was Evan's high school teammate. And Daniel's also on your list. He's a he's a tackle at Minnesota who Daniel was a 6-9 400-pound high school player. He's from Australia, and at 400 pounds he didn't look fat or or sloppy or anything. He looked good. But now he's down to what 370? Yeah. Crazy. And you know, he moves very, very well. He's very explosive, especially for that size. The crazy thing to me is, you know, as he's 370, that's not now that much bigger than what, what Evan Neal is. I mean, we're talking about giants right now. I remember my TV crew did a, did a, uh, it was actually the opening game of the year for Minnesota the year they had a really good season a couple of years back. And just being in the room with Daniel, I mean, you just don't see like college offensive linemen are huge men to begin with, but then it's like this guy makes them look small. Most of like the average, you know, 310 well, but the, pound but the guys. The thing about Daniel, because again, he's not sloppy or anything. 
the in high school, his coach said before I went down to to Bradenton to talk to him, he said, "Now you need to be prepared because when you if you see him by himself the first time, just in you know from a distance, you're going to be like, this guy isn't so big. It's when you see him standing next to somebody else that you realize how big he is." And and for me, I walked in and he was standing next to Teron Vincent, who's a D tackle at Ohio State now. Teron Vincent looked like he was in middle school compared to this guy. It was it was incredible. But but you know, I watching Daniel at Minnesota, he was he played especially in the second half of that freshman season where they had such a good year and he was one of those that if he got his hands on you it was over, but you could tell it was a little bit harder for him if he had to go get a linebacker or if he had a, a guy who could rush very quickly from the edge that he had to deal with. But now it sounds like he's going to be able to handle those guys too. Yeah. And then one of the coaches there told me his just his athleticism, his flexibility is much better now than what it was. Uh, also the stamina part of it, I think will help him a lot more as well. So I think we're, what we've seen really is a, cause when you did that story and it was at SI, right? Yeah. And he had not played a game yet. He, he, he was doing spring practice and, and that he had been there for part of the previous season, but they, he, he didn't know anything about the sport. They had to teach him the sport before he could even play a game. Yeah. So I, I think what's really, you know, compelling about that is you had one year of that, then he's playing pretty high level football to jump in the middle of it in the big 10. And he has still has not played that much. I mean, in terms of years, I mean, for, you know, I mean, look, you were a high school offensive lineman. I mean, that's not like a, Hey, I'm just going to jump in and, and be a freak athlete and do something. And so I think the fact and even, that even jumping his, to the, the college offense right away, when you have very little grounding in the game at all, like he, he's got to be so much better now than he was as a freshman. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a fascinating lear- learning curve that he's going on onto or going into. And I think that, you know, even when there's another guy on this list and whose story, I'll be honest, like one of the things that I, that has been great about this thing is it's like, I've gotten a lot of good buy-in, not just from like, coach football coaches and strength coaches but also now from people in the nfl scouting community and mm-hmm. one of the people who's really been very supportive of this is jim Nagy, who's a longtime nfl at senior scout. Bowl. Yep. yeah at the senior bowl and so i do a call with him and a couple of his scouting assistants um every year and one of the guys they told me about was an offensive lineman uh also an international player bernhard raymond he is at oh, central yeah. michigan from vienna and he came in as a tight end. He was six seven at Central Michigan and was a decent player. But this guy is now three hundred four pounds, and he benches four fifty. But here are the numbers that are crazy: three hundred four pounds, and he vertical jumps thirty three inches. He has a one what? five six ten yard split. I mean, there are running backs who may not be that fast in college, and this is a six seven three hundred four pound guy. So again, this is an, you know, this is an international player. This kind of shows the the reach of the game. He was, a, he was an exchange student. So it was a little, well, I mean, I was going to say, obviously, um, Daniel went to high school, his, you know, the end of his high school career in, in the United States as well. But this guy came over, he had played football in, in uh, Vienna for the Vienna Vikings and then went to high school one year, I think in Detroit. And so this, this sounds like a hero canoe out in California right now. Who's a, the first international five-star 
essentially. Yeah, yeah and I think what what yeah. what this kid's story is is he is on the different stage of it where he is now going to be a senior. He is definitely high on NFL radar. Paul Alexander, who a lot of NFL football fans know that name. He is one of those O-line gurus who spent a lifetime coaching the NFL. This is one of his protégés who he's working with privately on the side. And the NFL scouting community is definitely on uh, this particular Central Michigan player. We'll be right back after these words. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You and I, Bruce, we, we, we still work out, you know, we, we see people in the gym who sometimes are impressive and, and we've, we've seen these guys throughout the years in football. And I always tell the story of, of when I was at Florida, Zach Piller, watching him work out. Zach Piller was the left tackle for the Gators. Started at the time, for, uh, starting Georgia Tech, good player, transfers yep. there. Yeah. Transferred to Florida, uh, wound up playing for the Tennessee Titans for a long time, was, was one of the strongest human beings I've ever seen in my life. But the thing that... The thing that blew me away more than any other feat of strength I saw him do was he would just take a 150 pound dumbbell in each hand and just start repping out with it, kind of warming up, but that was the heaviest that they had. And he would be carrying on a normal conversation with somebody like on an, in, you know, on an incline bench, he'd be doing reps with 150 pounds in each hand and would just be talking to you like you were having coffee. And that's what... These guys that, that are on your list, that's all of them. Like, I don't know how you do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and certain people have really freakish God-given ability. And look, there's – I feel like almost every program has at least one guy who you can make a case for. And then there's, like, guys who are just the ones who make the other athletes go wow. You know, to me, that's the, the crazy thing when you have certain guys like that who can just do – really freaky unusual stuff either how they're built or how what they've been able to do you know develop their bodies to be able to do and and i don't know i think that's part of why for the doing this thing for almost 20 years why people are so fascinated by it so let's talk about josh taylor at wayne state because the the video that you put in here of him doing the the 360 tomahawk dunk it's again because he's by himself you don't have perspective of how big he is or how or how short he is if we're talking about D, you know D lineman. So he is 5'11, 273. And he is so explosive, but he also squats 735, benches 395, vertical jumps 355, and broad jumps 10 2 and can do standing backflips. How how 
Yeah. Well, here's one thing I love about this story. So Andy, this is the thing I was kind of referencing was his, his own story. So Grant Darnell, who used to be the strength coach there, um, was the one who, who told, who reached out to me. I didn't know Grant Darnell at all, but he was a strength coach there. Now he has left there in Nebraska to go, um, work for the military. And what he does now is he's a strength and conditioning coach for, uh, the U S air force special ops. So, and he's a guy who had been at, at ULM and he'd been at Kent state, but one thing about, about this. So afterwards we were talking and and, uh, I sent him kind of, um, a note about what this was going to, going to say, Hey, was, this is the quote I was using that he had, he had initially given me. The crazy thing about Josh is he has no clue what his potential is. He lifts in regular worn out tennis shoes, uses a $30 belt off the rack. There is no performance nutrition here, or even any whey protein. I truly believe that he could be an elite lifter after his playing days are over. If I can convince him to try. So he was like, Hey, looks great. Only thing is I thought that he was at Wayne state in Detroit, which is a he was like, no, it's Wayne State College located in Wayne, Nebraska. This is a town of like a few thousand. Um, Wayne State University, as he pointed out, is the one in Detroit. I was like, oh, right. okay. And then because uh, this kid, Josh, his story was that he grew up sorry, he grew up in, uh, in Chicago, and then his mom didn't – they didn't have a car, didn't want him to be taking public transportation. He moved to – Wayne, Nebraska, or moved to Nebraska with his, uh, with, to live with his older brother and has really blossomed there. He was a guy who, when he was in high school, got up to 200 pounds and then tore his ACL. So when he visited Wayne State, he was on crutches. Then he put on about 80 pounds while he was rehabbing and trying to come off the injury. And his body just has really responded to the training. And so, um, you know, it's a really neat story. Again, this is this is not one of the guys that I had heard about from NFL scouts. It was a, somebody who, one of the strength coaches who really, you know, loved the kid, loved the yeah. kid's story and was like, hey, I think this kid deserves some recognition. And, oh, and yeah. I agree with him. And, and the thing is, at, at 5'11", 272, he may never play in the NFL or, or sniff the NFL, but, but it sounds like his coach thinks he could be a power lifter who could be very successful. Yeah. And that's funny. It was like a few years back. I, and I'm trying to remember who this was because back, um, I think back when I was at Fox sports writing for them, they, uh, somebody from USA powerlifting had reached out to me saying, Hey, can you give me more names and more connections to some of the people? Cause they were looking to recruit guys who maybe didn't make it in professional football, but had some really rare gifts in terms of this side of it. And I don't know if that's what um, you know, one thing that came up a little bit with talking to some of the NFL personnel people and Jim included was a few of these guys, maybe they're short defensive linemen and maybe their arms aren't long enough, but maybe they could get tryouts as fullbacks or H backs or who yeah. knows what. So, um, you know, it's interesting to see where some of there's, there's a bunch of guys like this who maybe do not have long enough arms, but are really, really explosive and freaky athletes that somebody will try them in some other way to see if maybe they could, they'll at least get camp invites. Well, let's talk about another guy who just moves giant weight. And that's a, that's Xavion Furkron from Southern Illinois. He's, a, he's an offensive guard and you've got video of him squatting 800 and benching 500 in the freaks list. Story. And I, I was, I'm showing this to my son. I'm showing him 
the 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 guy squatting 800 pounds the the lasting image for me is he racks the weight after he squats it and and by the way weight room twitter he gets parallel and gets back <laughs> up with 800 but but the bar is about to snap. It is just bent completely. It's curved. And I'm just like, I, I would not even attempt to look at a weight bar that was curved and then much less try to lift it. I know your joints are just looking at that going, man, that looks painful. Um, even there's times where I'll look at something and this was the case where he's get, he's pulling 500 off the off the rack and I'm sure, you know, it's been a long time since I've ever lifted where I'm like, this is going to be a heavy weight or whatever, where you're like thinking, I was like, I'm going to take this off and it's just going to come rocketing down to my chest. <laughs> my, it would be like a cartoon where it go, where you just fall through the floor, where it hits you so hard, it knocks you through the floor. <laughs> I know just to have that kind of ability to control the weight getting off. And yeah, there's spotters. I'm sorry. I, there's there's, I don't know what don't weight there would be. Yeah. Where it's like, no, that's not going to work. But, um, huge man, six to, you know, 330 pounds or so. And another one loved, you know, the story. So Nick Hill is his, is his coach. I had reached out to him. He's the head coach. And this is a really good program, Southern Illinois. I mean, they, they were really good last year in FCS football. They've been good for a while. And so what his story is interesting to me is, you know, I use the, the line, you know, incredibly strong, but it's way beyond just the weight room and the football field. It's a guy who grew up, the dad wasn't in the picture. And then the last two years, both his mom and his 18 year old sister have passed away and still through dealing with all that adversity, um, had a four Oh GPA in SIU's master's program. And Nicole was like, he's the best leader we've ever had. I just can't say enough about this guy. And so, um, I don't know what his, pro football future will look like you know again in will uh, will he probably get a shot in somebody's camp yeah i would think he would i don't know beyond that but it sounds like he's going to be really successful no matter what he does after us well that that's amazing and yeah and anybody who can who can squat 800 pounds is going to be successful at something <laughs> i don't care what but that i mean to be, to be able to go through that and keep your grades up and still be able to play football and manage all that stuff. It just, that, that is truly amazing. That's, that's probably my favorite part about the freaks list. I I like reading about the guys that, that we're going to see in the draft, but that's, that's my favorite part is, is when we we get to find out about those guys that, you know, maybe we don't get to see on TV, but they have great stories and they do things that their teammates will tell their grandkids about the things they did. Yeah. And there's so many, it's like hard to, and it's like, where do you rank some of these guys? Because individually they're just, you know, some of them are especially remarkable. And then there's other guys who are like, man, this is a crazy story. I wish I knew more about, I, I, I'm glad I learned about this guy or whatever, reached out to some coach and they kind of said, Hey, I got a guy you really should include on this. And you are just like, okay, where do they fit? And some of them, like you said, I mean, there's a safety at Akron who I've heard about a lot from their coaches. I'm sorry, safety at Toledo. I've heard a lot about um, over the last year, Tyson Anderson. He could play at the, he would start at almost every Big Ten school. You know, he's long, he's super athletic. He's, you know, over 6'2", 208, verticals, 38 inches. He runs in the four four fours and he's got crazy long arms. You know, so this guy is going to, he's going to be, a, you know, maybe a top hundred pick. I don't know if he'll be maybe a top 50 pick, but then there's other ones, 
you know, I'm like also in the Mac where it's like, okay, this guy's story, Bubba Arslanian, 5'10", oh, yeah. 217, walk-on, <laughs> or came in as a Tackling walk-on. machine. Yeah, last, you know, he's only played 18 games because, you know, they didn't play a full season last year, 199 tackles, and then his his position coach was like, man, this guy you got to write about. Almost Not only does he almost squat 600 pounds, does 585, but it's like he does it for five reps. So it's not just like maxing out. Benches 455. He's 217 pounds, benches 455. <laughs> it's like he's run a 4.6. His numbers are crazy good. I mean, he was just a really good athlete coming out of high school, but – I don't know, 5'10", 5'9". A lot of people aren't scooping that up as a linebacker for for a uh, FBS program. But I'll tell you what, he, Akron's lucky to have him because he makes most of their plays. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And sometimes the strength coaches just reach out to you. Like at, at Louisville, they got a, a freshman in there this year, Ashton Galat. 405 pound power clean they sent you a video of this and uh, the strength coach says hey bruce felvin freaks list and this is this is a he makes 405 a 405 pound a 405 pound power clean look really easy like weird, it shouldn't look this easy yeah the other thing to me andy that's kind of unique that like catches my eye after hearing this is this is a young player right so he's doing this now like usually power clean squat those are numbers where he must have come from a really good high school program and had some really good he, coaching he had a he had a good he had a good strength coach or someone working with him in high school you can tell because of his technique he he pulls high drops under like the olympic coaches we when when i was in high school we were we were pretty lucky cuz the the security guy at our school was actually a, a usa weightlifting development coach so he would bring in all the the high school kids from around Orlando who were in the program and they'd be doing their Olympic lifts, but it helped because he taught us how to, how to clean properly. And, and how, how much to, were so you, when you watch cleaning this guy, in high school? Not very much. I mean, I, I, I probably, probably could get close to 300, but which is, a, which is a lot for a high school kid. Yeah. I, it just, I couldn't do what this guy does, but, but this guy, it's the perfect pull high. He drops under squats it right back up. Like a lot of times you see the, the, the big offensive linemen or, or they're just so powerful that they can get it up there and they do the weird thing with their legs where they kind of look, look like a sumo wrestler at the, at the end of the, the clean, this guy did it like an Olympic weightlifter does. And so that tells you he's had some training. It also tells you he can probably do a lot more. 
Yeah, and that's what I think that they're going to get from him before too long um, when you have that kind of explosiveness, too. Um, just one other thing on Louisville, because it was like, very rarely do I like go, wait a minute, was that a typo you guys sent me or whatever? And so I had one of those though with Louisville, um, where I was like, eh, I don't know if I believe that or not. And Tyler Harrell, he is a, um, he's a Miami kid. And so when they sent me, it was like, ran a 41940 and I was like what and he's 193 pounds so it's not like he's 150 um not too so, at well sized he's he's no. 50 pounds and heavier than Tutu Atwell pretty much and so Scott Satterfield who by the way Scott Satterfield has been around some really fast dudes and so yes. I I texted him and he was like I had him at 419 he was 424 on our laser I hand timed him at 419 in the 40 and so, um, you know, it just, he's like the fastest guy I've ever timed this again, uh, Scott Satterfield he just coached, got done coaching two, two at well, two, two at well, <laughs> which is like, could be four, two, two, you know, he's like, he was a four, three flat kind of guy. He had T Y Hilton, who he coached at FIU, who ran in the fourth low four threes at the combine and Jalen Virgil, who's like been a fixture on this list, who's legit 10, two track guy. He coached him at App State. So the fact that this is the fastest guy, that, that's saying something. I always go back to this because I know a lot of people are very skeptical about 40 times. And what I remembered um, years ago when I was working on Meat Market in the Ole Miss, uh, in the Ole Miss uh, staff room, they would have all the nameplates on their depth chart. And it would list height, weight, class, but it also list 40 time. And I remembered they had Mike Wallace um, who went on to play oh, for yeah. the Steelers and had a really good NFL yep. career. They had, I, Mike Wallace was maybe four two eight or whatever it was. And I was like, Mike Wallace is that fast. And the crazy thing was there was nobody else in the four threes. And I think the next fastest time and got a Jamarcus Sanford, I was going to blank on his name was four, four, five. So it wasn't like, Oh, this is a school. And we know there's a handful of schools that have like 11 guys who run four, three, five yeah. or faster. Ur- like Urban oh, Meyer at Florida had the 40 time chart where, you knew it was it was it was the the good buddy hand timing, you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna press this button a little early, kind of kind of hand time chart. Yeah, and I but I just remembered on that end, I'm like, man, if this guy is basically two tenths of a second faster than every the 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 next fastest guy, he can fly. And then all of a sudden, people realize, oh shit, Mike Wallace is super fast. <laughs> you know, at the time, yeah. nobody knew like he wasn't. You know, they it wasn't like they had really good receivers. They had Dexter and Mike Wallace. Well, you know, they couldn't get him the ball. But he was super fast. And there are, so long way of saying, if Scott Satterfeld said this is the fastest guy he's ever tested, this guy can fly. Sticking in the ACC, it seems like NC State has become a very good source of, of freaks list material for you. Uh, Iki Akwonu is, is a guy you wrote about in, in depth earlier this year. But it seems like they just, especially on the line of scrimmage, just seem to pump these guys out. Yeah, I think hat tip to uh, Dave Doran, but especially to Coach Thunder, D'Antonio Burnett, who was a really good linebacker there almost 20 years ago. Um, he's the guy where I, I know a, a handful of guys who coached at NC State who are no longer there, have gone on to places, and they're like, man, that guy would be a guy who, who, who if you ever got to be a head coach, you want to try and hire that guy. 
because he has just had a really good feel for developing elite athletes. And you saw it with certainly Bradley Chubb, and there was a bunch of, you know, I think the first story I did for The Athletic was on that D-line group that they had. Mm-hmm. Bradley Chubb was the was the feature guy, but, you know, really almost all those guys did not come in with big recruiting buzz. And again, Iki Aquanu was not a big recruit for them. Now, he had run some track in high school a little bit, but they have three offensive linemen who I could have had on this list. I have two. I could have had a third. Um, and you're right. I think NC State has done a very good job of developing big people. It's not to say they haven't done a good job. Like, you know, they have a you know some really good skill guys now, too. But especially on the O-line, Garrett Bradbury, who turned out to be a first-round pick uh, you know, at center, Another guy who two mentions of Garrett Bradbury in this year's freaks list. I was counting. I know you caught that. I know I was like, man, (laughs) he's a guy people want to compare guys to. So, um, hey, look, uh, Dwayne Ledford, who's now coaching in the NFL, and he was a guy who went on to Louisville. Scott Satterfield brought him with him, but he was a guy who had come through NC State as well as a really well-regarded line coach. I think they've had some really good coaches, and they've had they have a really good strength coach, and so they have a good eye for that. And I think they have a good feel for developing players. And I think that's, you know, probably the best thing that they've had to hang their hat on a lot because some of these guys were not coming in top hundred recruits, but they when they leave there, that's what they look like. And before I let you go, Bruce, we got to talk about my favorite name on the list or nickname, name, however you want to do it. It's not on his birth certificate, but I'm sure it's what everyone calls him. Talon Big Soft Humphrey, Big Sauce Humphrey from the Raging Cajuns, the D tackle. Yeah, it's fitting that the Raging Cajuns, who you know, with the Chili Pepper um, absolutely <laughs> like graphic. So this is a JC guy who had also been to FIU. He's pretty big, Andy. He's six five, three thirty five. I'm guessing Big wow. Sauce can do some big damage in, in, in at the dinner table. Um, he squats six hundred easy, four hundred five bencher really long arms over 34 inch arms and this is a school also i they have some guys in there like john stevens who transferred from tcu who's a big receiver take the top off of defense is a guy i also consider but come on you have to you know i think once upon a time i might have had pork chop pork chop womack from pork chop womack State. absolutely yes yeah. yeah, so uh big sauce man you can't go wrong with now, big sauce if big sauce had had to play against pork chop would it have been a smothered pork chop at the end? Uh, it would have to be, right? I mean, oh yeah. On. I think I like sauce, that. I like that Bruce gets my soul food references. Yeah, I mean, look, Andy. I think I think you should have big sauce on the podcast. I think I should too. I think this is a well. So and and Louisiana is an interesting team to me because it, Ari and I talked about this on the last episode, and, and actually talked about this earlier this summer too. If Texas beats the Raging Cajuns by even a point, I'll be impressed. Mm-hmm. I think I think they may go in there and beat Texas because this is a well-coached team that brings back 20 starters and they have big sauce. And Texas does not. Yeah, big Texas, sauce. Texas, they don't a- like sauce in Texas. Big Sauce is a native Texan. Um, look, the only guy I think they really have to replace who was a really good running back, Elijah Mitchell. Everything else is back there. They're really good on defense. Obviously, we know last year they kicked off the season by beating a very good Iowa State team on the road. And if you're Sark, you, I mean, I don't think the, the people who hired him are like, yeah, it's Louisiana. No, I don't think they get 
that this is like a top 20 kind of team that they're going to have to be Yeah, this is with. one of those that they'll freak out if, if Texas loses to them, but I don't think you should. Like, it, it's not a freak out moment. This is, I expect Louisiana to win that game. If Texas wins, I will be pleasantly surprised and, th- and, and think more of what Sark can, can do in his first year. This is probably a better team they're playing than the team that, remember Joe Tess? It was a fun game to watch. It was Notre Dame on a, I think it was a Sunday night or a Monday night. I was there. <laughs> Neither was there. team turned out to be all that good. This Louisiana Texas team is probably is better back. than that team. Yeah, I know. I know. So, but it's good. We love the enthusiasm. I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that game. I'd be lying if I said that we had a, a Fox offsite in Arizona last week and people were talking about that game. You know, it wasn't the the game they were talking about the most, but and part of it is because Brando was talking about it a lot. But it's <laughs> it's not it's it's a good week one matchup, and so wait, Bra- tune- Brando, the pride of Monroe, does he can can Oops. he say nice things about about oh. Louisiana Lafayette? Can he even do that? Andy, watch your mouth. He's not the pride of Monroe. He's the pride of it's the pride of Shreveport. 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 Yeah, it's nearby though. It's nearby. It's it's Ar- It's all Arklatex. Yeah, um, I spent, I remember I went to Monroe back when, I think Todd Berry was the coach, I should know this, and they had Colton Browning, and it may have been the most humid, like, like hottest go for a football practice, and I felt like, it's like, man, I respect these kids, because it is not easy climate to be in for, for that in August. Fun fact, yeah. Louisiana Monroe, the Alabama of college water skiing. Is that right? It is. If you go there, there's a lake and you see this this jump and you're like, why is that there? It's because they apparently have an unbelievable water skiing team where they bring in people from Europe and like, congratulations. You've been you've been selected to be on the best college water skiing team in America. You now live in Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, You can go have some uh, some crawfish on the bayou here. And also you can see probably the funniest man in coaching is on their staff right now. The offensive coordinator, Rich Rodriguez. That's right. That's I, wow. I had forgotten that he is there now. Yes. Um, look, they will. They will. They will probably be good on offense if he's running the show. So, well, maybe maybe they'll have some freaks next year. But right now, it's the Raging Cajuns and Big Sauce. <laughs> and if you have not read the freaks list yet, get yourself to the Athletic. Get yourself a subscription. Read all of Bruce's stories because they're all amazing but especially the Freaks List because you will be smiling and you will be so excited for college football season because it is almost here. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Andy. It was fun.